0: I remember when I worked on the ranch, we had this stuff called monkey butt that you'd rub on your butt when you got a little saddle sore. So I'm sure, I'm sure that there is some
1: that sentence. When all of all the words in that sentence, (laughs) from ranch all the way to saddle sore. Welcome
0: to going in tight. Coming out loose. Yeah, buddy. We it, buddy. Welcome back, everybody, to Going in Tight, Coming out Loose. This is Chris Gibson, your host, and with me always is Bart Lewis. How's it going, Bart? Oh, pretty good. All righty. Well, we had a weekend that wasn't as filled with racing because the kansas race was thursday we had some okay racing in the lower series but what did you think of that race that we had uh in kansas this past week it was pretty good um definitely a lot of different things happening
1: Uh, the race took off uh, about midway through with a lot of different exciting things the beginning of it well, it was a little concerning. Ricky Stenhouse Mullet almost caught on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a, some sort of fire going on yeah. in the cockpit of it, which you don't see very often. Yeah. Uh, so JTG Doherty is having a tough, tough time right now. Yeah. In the in the past, I think three or four races, they've one of them either uh, Stenhouse Jr. or Ryan Priest have finished dead last. But yeah, it was a it was a good race. Um, some hard hits, hard yeah. hits. Um, yeah, they, which they, Ryan Priest was one of those that hurt hurt. Yeah me I, I mean his watch.
0: he went head on into the wall and came up off the ground I mean that it's rough some of these some of the hits that we've been getting without the prep and without the practice it seems like that, that that's playing a role in some of these super super hard hits that we've been getting.
1: Yeah Matty D was another one that took a hard mm-hmm. hit just continuing on with the bad luck that he's having with consistency Um, good cars uh, he's getting up there so I hate to see that uh, Kyle Bush finally got a stage win, uh, which right. is weird to say in late July. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he, uh, you know, I think it was good that he got a stage win, but ultimately, you know he he got the he got the ten points and then uh, got the playoff point for the for the stage win, but. The rest of the race after that first stage, you know, he was up there, but he ended up still finishing outside the top 10, which is, it seems like to be a lot of the issue with guys like Joey Logano and uh, some of the other veterans in the field. They're they're running well for portions of the race, but they can't put a full race together. So uh, Mm -hmm. it is good that he got a stage win, but uh, still finishing outside the top 10, I I know isn't what's on his radar for any race.
1: Yeah, I had actually I had him to win. I thought he would win it. Ultimately, I think he'll be fine. He he's good at some of the tracks that are we have coming. I mean, he's good at most tracks. I think he's won right. all of them. So, <laughs> um <laughs> I I don't doubt that he'll he'll get into the playoffs, but weird to see him um sort of not take off. Not really I I wouldn't consider one stage one taking off, but it's late July. He needs to get it together if he wants to contend for the championship. Uh yeah. William Byron, somebody who is on that bubble. Uh, moved himself in inside to the playoffs, the top sixteen. Yep. Yeah. Um, with some cool strategy, Chad Canales right out with baby, new baby. Yep. Um, Harvick uh, got out there towards the end. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? And then he kind of fell back. And then H- Hamlin came up there. So it's, I mean, it's it's 2020, the year of COVID, the year of Harvick and, Dam- and Hamlin. That's just what's happening this year.
0: Yeah, and Harvick, I was listening to the Radioactive that came out for Kansas, and it seems like that four-team, you know, we, we've we been watching every single race, and for some reason the four-team thinks the nine has something out for him. Yeah, uh, I didn't I did I understand that. It.
1: I saw, I mean, they, they pieced that radio with him sort of like drafting with him, passing him. Yeah. I'm not sure what the deal is there.
0: Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen a whole lot of anything, but it it was interesting. Now I'm going to have to watch closely to see if they're bumping doors or pushing each other around the track or something, because I I haven't heard anything until that came out and and they headlined the Radioactive with that. But another driver that did well is Cole Custer. Got a P7 finish, another top 10 for him. So uh, he is coming on pretty strong after you have – uh, at the beginning of the season gave him a little gruff and then you and I had both talked about the failures that Eric Jones has seen and not seeming to live up to JGR he himself found him, uh, found a top 10 on Who Sunday in yeah. Texas yeah so it's uh you know as we've talked about that stuff you continue to be the anti-profit for NASCAR for everybody other than Jimmy Johnson and we'll <laughs> get into that later but um yeah i thought i thought it was pretty good racing and then it was interesting to have that race on thursday night and then have the rest of the weekend be xfinity and trucks and um what race do you have on behind you what year is that
1: uh that's last year it's eldora um trucks aren't racing there this year and Mm -hmm. i love watching those trucks race on the dirt so i had to turn it on
0: well and Speaking of Eldora, Matt Crafton is the guy who won the race this past past weekend. Mm -hmm. His last weekend wasn't, or his last win was in 2017 at Eldora. So, kind of cool to see him break a streak. They were going through all these different guys who have been on these uh, dry spells, whether it be in Cup or whether it be in trucks. Uh, So, it was cool to see him get a win. Brandon Jones got the Xfinity win. And he has had, you want to talk about a rough time ever since. He wrecked on like the first lap at Pocono during the back-to-back weekend. He has had a rough go at it. He's been wrecked out. He's been thrown off the track. Struggled to finish a race. So it was good to see him get get a win there. And then uh, the Arca race wasn't wasn't too great. Deegan got a a ninth place finish there. So that's that's mainly the person that I watch when I'm watching those Arca races. So still got a top ten finish and. Uh, after she's come back from a couple hard weeks. So uh, overall, people finding success in the lower series that have struggled a little bit. But I think the overall, Kansas did bring us some good racing. Another one of those tracks where we have talked about it might not bring us good racing. It's brought us some exciting stuff. uh, And I, I, I thought it was overall a positive racing weekend. And now we have a little bit longer until we get up to New Hampshire.
1: True or false. All right, everybody. It's time to play true, false. You guys liked it the first time. We're bringing it back. This time, the theme is obscure NASCAR sponsors. Were they or were they not a sponsor? So I've got 10 different sponsors here. See if I can stump Chris. You ready to play, Chris?
0: Yep. (laughs) Yep. You seem really excited about it. I, well, uh, it seems like I'm always the one that we make look stupid here. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm down. I'm down for it because I need to be. Ed- I need to be educated just as much as anybody else.
1: All right. Number one, Cartoon Network was it or
0: was it not a sponsor? True or false? I'm going to say that's true.
1: It is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that one was actually a sponsor for a good while from 1996 to 2004 different drivers um, wore that on their car. So that was indeed a sponsor at one time. Yeah. Number 2,
0: Viagra. You know, with the older demographic that NASCAR seems to reach, I want to say yes, but at the same time I want to say no. I'm I'm going to say true.
1: It is true, Mark nice. Martin. And Roush, number six, he did have the Viagra car.
0: So what year was it? Do you know what year that was?
1: I can't remember. It had to be probably early 2000s, I'd say.
0: Okay. All right. All right. So you're two for two here.
1: Okay. All right. Number three, Kim Kardashian once sponsored a car. False. It's true. She had a perfume. Don't know the name of it. But yeah, she... (laughs) Is She sponsored Mike Bliss's car in
0: 2010. You're so uncultured. You uncultured swine, not knowing Kim Kardashian's. <laughs> well, I'm her. sure she's
1: had like 14 more since then. Yeah, so. I'm sure. All right, so got one wrong. Uh, next one, number four, Angry Birds.
0: I'm going to say Angry Birds is not true. False.
1: That's correct. Yeah, it is false. Um, F1 actually had an Angry Bird sponsored car, so... It, oh, okay. It did happen. It just wasn't NASCAR.
0: Okay. I see. All
1: right. Yeah. Good job. All right. Number five, Farmville. Farmville.
0: Oh, man. That's a <laughs> well, that's throwback. One <laughs> <best>. <laughs> yeah. That's like freshman year of college, trying to make sure that my farm was growing exponentially more than everybody else's. Um, Farmville. I'm going to say that's true. It is true. Of yes. all people.
1: In 2005, Jeff Gordon was sponsored by Farmville oh for a race. Oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah. Just one race.
1: Just one, I think it was just one race, yeah.
0: But Is that yeah, game I can, still around do you know? I don't
1: know. I don't know.
0: Let's bring it back, everybody. Everybody can, start going to download Farmville.
1: I can remember looking in, like, I'm a college class, like, sitting in the top and looking like, at everyone's computer screen, and everyone was playing Farmville. It was just, oh, like, yeah.
0: Cause it, it was dedication you had to harvest you had to plant you had to grow you had to build houses and different mm-hmm. farms oh my god I remember that it was it was a lot of fun I probably wasn't I mean I didn't go to class a whole lot so I was probably just playing it in my dorm room but mm-hmm. um yeah that's crazy Farmville.
1: it was like the college version of uh gigapets or whatever <laughs> what <it>? yeah chimagachis <laughs> <Chimigotchis> or <laughs> whatever you call it <laughs> Oh, man. All right, moving on. Number six. Okay. True or false? Lycos.net sponsored a car.
0: Lycos. Lycos. Used to be a search engine. Could still be. I'm not sure. I have no... I don't... I'm sorry. I don't even know what that is. I'm going to say false. It's true. Lycos was just like Google. Ask Jeeves. Yahoo.
1: All those. (laughs) Jeeves. Ask (laughs) Jeeves. Bing. Bing. Still around Bing is... Um, but yeah, Lycos.net sponsored Johnny Benson in 2000, I believe. The uh, Ty something was the team, and it ended up being a lawsuit, and I forget the, all the details. Huh. Um, but basically, Lycos never paid up for the sponsorship <laughs> oh. of the car. I think that, that's they, what you need. They gave them a lot of vouchers for internet credit for sponsors, like paid ads. I don't think they ever even fulfilled that. So, oh my Lycos.net not a great partner to have. <laughs> Yeah, Just stay away for, from them. For anyone looking to make investments in the future. <laughs> All right, uh, number seven, the Notebook, the movie. Did someone sponsor? Did they sponsor a car? Or did they not? True or false?
0: The Notebook. I, I mean, there are so many weird sponsors out there. I, I don't know. Yes, true. It's false. They did not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I didn't think very long on that one. I doubt that that is the target market for the notebook. The Nicholas, Nicholas Sparks, I'm sure isn't.
1: Of all know. movies. I mean, we've seen Jurassic Park. We've seen, I don't know, something else. <laughs> but we've never seen, we've never seen the notebook in the NASCAR. So, yeah. Well, in the NASCAR. All right, moving on. We'll get over that one. Uh, Boudreaux's <laughs> butt paste. Did Boudreaux's
0: butt paste sponsor a car? One hundred percent true. It's true. Some
1: some driver named Kim Crosby in the early two thousands in the Bush series was sponsored by Boudreaux's Butt Paste.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you never know. I mean, there's there's lots of jobs out there. I I remember when I worked on the ranch, we had this stuff called monkey butt that you you'd rub on your butt when you got a little saddle sore. So I'm sure (laughs) I'm sure that there is some
1: that sentence when I, all of the, all the words in that sentence <laughs> from ranch all the way to saddle store all of
0: it. well i mean i'm just telling you there there is a variety of rectal and rear end issues that you can have whenever you're doing stuff so i could just see i mean there's market for butt paste that's all i'm trying to say
1: i figured they'd call it something different but, but paste. I mean, it's straight to the point. You don't have to <laughs> yeah. wonder.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're not searching for a long time for that one when you're in the pharmacy aisle. You just oh, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Yep, that's it. <laughs> All right, number nine.
1: Affliction, the clothing brand. Did they or did they not sponsor a car?
0: I'm gonna say false. It was true.
1: Matt Kent, Matt Kansas. He. <laughs> oh, you're
0: not even gonna give it a go, are you? <laughs> Matt Kenny,
1: Matt Kin Thes. He uh he did. They uh, the affliction brand sponsored Matt Kisses. Okay, oh, next. I can't say it. Just get over it. All right. Number ten, the final one. I don't even know why I put that one in there. If I had to say I didn't even think that I was gonna have to say his name. <laughs> All right, number number ten, final one, the WCW, the wrestling league. Did they okay. or did they not sponsor Carnaskar?
0: I'm gonna say no. No, it's false. true. They did. I I don't know why I thought they wouldn't. I mean, Kyle Petty they sponsored
1: up. I think this is in the um like mid 90s sponsored yeah Kyle Petty's car. So let's see, what'd you get? You got Cartoon Network, Viagra, Farmville. You got the notebook wrong. <laughs> you got, I think you got what'd you get? 4? You got 4, right?
0: Oh, 40%. Sounds yeah. about right for me testing on things, so
1: Well, it's not, these aren't common knowledge, but anyway, thanks for playing. Uh, You're going to need some butt pace after that one, but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll
0: be giving Boudreaux's a call.
1: (laughs) True or false.
0: All righty, moving on, folks, this is our main topic of the evening. We are going to dive into Jimmy Johnson, the man, the myth, the legend, wondering why he has fallen off recently, but also recapping and kind of giving an ode to somebody who really reshaped NASCAR and achieved something that nobody else has and has also achieved defeat that very few have. I just I just want to give some history here of of this guy that we're talking about. So Jimmy Johnson, everybody knows, is the guy who, for the longest time, drove the Lowe's car. But he started back racing when he was like four years old, and he was driving motorcycles. He was he was racing dirt bikes, and he started very very young. At, after three years of being in racing, won his first championship racing sixty cc bikes and then he raced in stadium off-road races and some of the desert races for off-road and in 1993 was actually offered to go race drag with the very accomplished Herb Fisher so uh, I'm not a big drag fan but uh, I have heard that name and I'm sure some people who are into that have but he actually turned that down and hey, he, people started early on noticing that that he had some potential. So he worked his way up through the off-road series. He ended with uh, 25 wins, 100 top three finishes, six championships in the across all off-road series. And when he was a rookie, he won uh, rookie of the year honors in each of the three major series in off-road racing. So kind of like we've talked about with a lot of these drivers, you're looking for somebody to move up into the uh, Xfinity. You're looking to have somebody move up into cup who is very experienced, no matter where they're coming from. Jimmy was one of those guys. Then he started racing full time in the Bush series uh, in 2000, which is now the Xfinity series. And uh, you know, he, he was accomplished there, but he wasn't there long before, you know, he was pulled up into the Cup Series. And, and Bart, I'll let you talk about some of his accomplishments in the Cup Series so that I don't go too fangirl on him here. Yeah, he was in the Bush Series for, I believe, four years. Um, he ended up getting
1: um, a part-time shot with Hendrick. Um, in 2001, he raced three races um, and then started full-time in 2002. We talk about rookies on this podcast and how hard it is for somebody who even – um, somebody who's been so good in those lower tier Bush, Xfinity trucks, um, and then move up to the Cup—it's just such a mm-hmm. higher level of racing that right. it's nearly impossible to win a race the first year out. You're getting used to your car, you're getting used to your team. There's a lot of different things that are different, and it's just hard to compete. You're just trying to get your bearings and get everything set up to go out there and compete the next year. You want to race this first full-time year? Go figure. 2002, his first race uh, was at his home track in Fontana, California. Uh, So since that, over a span of 660 races since 2001, he's had 35 poles, 341 top 10s, 222 top 5s, and 83 wins. Let that sink in for a second. 83 wins. That's like top 10 drivers of all time. He is no question going into the the, the Hall of Fame. Oh, no question.
0: Yeah. yeah, no questions at all. And so
1: not only has he had that many wins, because we see other drivers that were up there, but they didn't have the championships to accompany it. This guy has seven. So <laughs> right there next to um, Richard Petty, mm-hmm. right there next to Dale, Dale Senior. Earnhardt. Yeah, Dale Senior. So, I mean, he's up there with greatness. On top of that, he won five straight, 2006, 7, 8, 9, 10. He dominated NASCAR from 2005 to 2010. He won all of the championships. He's winning all the races. Um, he just got in that car, and it clicked like it does for some of the greats like Jeff Gordon and David Pearson and all these great drivers who's won tons of races, and he just picked it up, and he took off with it. So even when he wasn't winning, like his first year, he, he finished, uh, I believe he finished fifth in the standings his first year out. Then he finished second, second again, and then fifth before he won his first championship. So he, it wasn't like he was out there doing nothing. He was out there doing well. But since then, um, which is kind of like the, the thing we want to talk about, um, not only just acknowledge the respect that we do have for Jimmy, and we're both fans of Jimmy, but it's just kind of confusing to us, as fans, of how somebody who can go from dominating for nearly 15 years um, to nothing. Because you see, you see other drivers; they race up until their 50s, and it's just it seems like it was short-lived. Which I mean, he accomplished a lot in such short a time, <laughs> and yeah. now he's he's moving on. So um, he he won his last race in 2017, last race at Dover. So it's been three plus years uh, since that race in June of 2017, since he won. Um, we've seen 10 race, uh, Hendrick cars win races since then. So we've seen Casey Kane win a race, Alex Bowman, Chase Elliott. We've seen all those those drivers win a race, and Jimmy just hadn't um, got up to the front and, and contended. And we've just kind of seen lackluster performances. Um, with such optimism that it's going to turn it around, with yeah. such optimism that it's going to be the year he gets to win, um, or with such optimism it's his final year. He's retiring. We're sad to see him go, but, I mean, let's see him chase that eight.
0: Yeah, it's it's been frustrating, and, and I'm sure it's been 10 times more frustrating for him than us, but this is a guy. So I, I collected all these Sports Illustrated. and I've talked to you about this for probably like seven years, and it was right in the height of when uh, Jimmy Johnson was winning back-to-back-to-back championships, and this is how they described it. So it, if it tells you anything what, what the world and what the sports world and Sports Illustrated thought of NASCAR, he made, throughout this time, he made one front cover as the, the main story, but they said, Jimmy Johnson has three straight championships millions in prize money and endorsement deals, planes, a mansion, a loft in Manhattan, and a beautiful woman who's crazy about him. Yeah, he's Tom Brady in a fire suit. So they were praising this guy from a sport that, you know, in the mid 2000s was still searching for identity. And it was, the, the big stories were him and Dale Earnhardt Jr. most of the time. And that's what people knew of NASCAR since 2017 when the playoff rules took took a really big change and they started implementing the the playoff rounds and the stage points it's kind of fallen off and i know that you've mentioned it's almost like they changed the rules so that jimmy johnson couldn't win any more playoffs or any more championships so uh, yeah, seven championships later and the end of his career has just been kind of monotonous. And this one final time season has not only been marred by the current pandemic and everything, but just streaks of bad mistakes and bad luck. And I personally think that his mind is just outside of NASCAR. He was testing an Indy car this past weekend with uh, chip ganassi i i think he's got potential to do things he's clearly got a good car we've seen him running in the top 10 but at this point i'm more questioning his dedication but you have found some skepticism around you know the race following that that 2017 win at dover
1: yeah there's so many different reasons and speculations on Mm -hmm. why Um, It is that Jimmy just kind of fell apart in 2017 and just hasn't really bounced back. So one of those um, would be commitment, which um, everybody who knows him and everybody who's involved in NASCAR or or broadcasting just speaks to the level of dedication that he has, not only from preparing for the car, for the track, uh, but his mental and physical shape to be prepared to go out there and contend. So it it's so you know, it's just hard for me to believe that that's the case um but also i don't really believe this either but there's a, <laughs> video, there's a video out there that pretty much sums up the he had a really hard wreck at pocono right after that uh went at dover i don't know if it was a brake issue or something um he went in and he smacked the wall hard like so hard he got out of the car and he sat on the wall for a while and kind of caught his breath um i know that concussions uh, can happen in cars and I'm not saying that's what happened or that's the reason why, um, but that is a reason out there that people have speculated could be um, the reason why. Um, another would just be the general package. Um, we talked about this before mm-hmm. Chevy changed the Camaro Chevy Hendrick in general did not, has not done as well in the past five no. years as they have done in the past 15 years um, or even 35 years. It, it was, a, you know, part of a team that was trying to rally around a new package um and they were just floundering for a little while chevy in general so mm-hmm. another, another would be age he's really not that old um so i don't i don't know but any anything else you could scrounge up as to why
0: no uh and and this th- and all of these things like th- this man is like no stranger to hard hits he wasn't winning championships just you know beating everybody by four and five laps when he was uh in the bush series uh, it was either the Bush series or very, very early on. He had a terrible wreck at Watkins Glen when his brakes went out. Uh-huh. He had to swerve around another car and took it head on. Now he, you know, he was a little bit older in in 2017 when this other wreck happened. He was a young gun back then, but he got out of the car and put his fists up like he won the race just because he was lucky to walk away from it. So the man's taken hard hits. I don't think I don't think it's some something related to anything that we really can pinpoint to be honest because it really seems like a driver who's got the yips with the running into Ty Dillon on a caution lap when he came down into Brad Keselowski and just it was like a block was thrown 3 or 4 seconds late whether it was a spotter issue whatever it may be still something that was just you know out of the realm of what, what somebody with his experience does. So Mm -hmm. I I really can't pinpoint it. My only thing is I I know this year that he, his car has the possibility. Chevy has shown that they can put their cars up front. I don't know what it is that they're not putting them in victory lane. And uh, I can only hope that, that he gets there because I mean, he's just got, just got an absolute stellar, stellar resume too two Daytona 500s, four Coca-Cola 600s, four Brickyard 400s, two Southern 500s, 11 Dover wins, and <laughs> Martinsville wins. I mean, this is th- these are numbers that are unheard of. He's got so many firsts and, and so many records that he holds himself. He's tied with, you know, two of the greatest in history. And I think he's one of the greatest in history. But there have been some other drivers like you and and I think you looked them up there are some guys like Daryl Waltrip and those that Mm -hmm. when they were on their way out they they seem to have some of these same issues well that's kind of like what I was trying to think
1: of is maybe this is this is okay this is something that happens when a driver hits Mm -hmm. the tail end of his career and they just kind of lose the competitive nature they're more cautious um, sometimes they go to different rides in this, in the, in this case, he's in the same top tier equipment, but there are some drivers, some of the greats like Jeff Gordon and Bobby Allison, they won in their final year, contended for a championship, Dale Earnhardt 49 when he, he was killed, uh, but he still won two races that year. He was, um, he probably still had another good five, 10 years that mm-hmm. he would probably have, or he would have raced. but then there's others, uh, great drivers. Some of the best—they're all in the Hall of Fame. On the other end of that, so Caleb Garborough, no wins in his final three years. So for his final three years, he so won that's kind of like Jimmy. Yeah, eighty plus races, um, mm. and he didn't win. He didn't win in his final three years. Rusty Wallace—he—he he had two wins in his final five years. Two <laughs> wins in his final five years, and he's up there in the same in, in, in with all the peers that have have won fifty plus races. Right, and then you look at some of the the really greats like Richard Petty in his final eight years, eight, no wins, eight years. And, and then Darrell Waltrip, Darrell Waltrip, one of the greatest that there ever will be. Mm -hmm. And nine years, he didn't want to race in nine years, his final nine years. That's incredible.
0: So, I mean, you know, I don't want to say like, I I hate playing age into it because, you know, if there is one thing that we have to say is the lifetime of driving a car is a, is a little bit longer than most sports. But is the technology changing so often on these guys now that it makes it tougher? I mean, as you look through the end of the careers, and, and I haven't done this, but I wonder if you look through when, when Carol, Cale Yarborough was – finishing his career were there tons of changes that were taking place were there tons of changes that were taking place to the packages uh, because we've seen drastic changes the cars from mm-hmm. the the days when when daryl waltrip and rusty wallace and those guys were racing don't have near the technology near the safety equipment now uh, and and we're seeing a lot more inexperience come into nascar uh, in recent years, whereas it used to be, if if you didn't cut your teeth to get to the top, when when Jeff Gordon came in and he he had done a lot to to get to that point, but there were people that still looked at him and were like, "You haven't done everything you need to do to get here." I, I just wonder if there's something there that it really is harder than we think to adapt to a new package, to adapt to a new car, like you said, changing over to the Camaro. So. You know, I, I'm hopeful for this one final time that he, that he's going out. I hope that he can get into the playoffs and at least be a part of that competition. But I would hate for his last two years as they've changed this system for him to not even be in competition and just be out there, you know, running for, you know, for the fun of it to, to end things.
1: Yeah, another point is it's getting harder to cheat we're <laughs> some of those old drivers yeah uh, even new they're changing the packages or changing the rules um they might have found a loophole that they just it was good for them for a long time um and then that kind of just ran dry I'm not saying that's it either but <laughs> hey i mean that is a component of nascar that i mean you do so um you look for advantages to give your car more speed more advantage over the rest and that's how you win just racing against um you Know 40 cars that are identical, uh, and I hate it that this is his last year because I wish he could have spent it with the fans going to all these tracks, right? All the fans getting to see him one last time, race one last time, him to just see the impact and, and all the stuff that he's brought to the sport, um, and the lasting impact that he will have. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sad for me to, to see that he won't really have that, and a little bit of me hopes that he'll just change his mind. Um, <laughs> yeah. in, in a couple months and say, you know what, I'll, you know, why not? I'll do it one more year. I feel like I, uh, you know, we almost got there in, in 2020. Why not give it another year in 21? Um, but whatever the case, um, he's definitely one of the greats and we hate to see him go.
0: Yeah, well, and they did say that sliver of hope that they give you, they did say that it's not, he. he's retiring from full-time racing. So, you know, there's been speculation that you could, see him run at his home track like a Fontana or a Sonoma or a Watkins Glen or something like that so the sliver of hope for us Jimmy Johnson fans we may not be done seeing him but looks like he's pretty dead set on on getting his butt in one of those ganassi all
1: right it's that time again we're going to talk about silly season more things are happening and we want to talk about it. So there's a lot of potential movement, a lot of different rumors floating around. So let's just talk about some of them. We've, we've pretty much boiled down that there could be a, a, a move at Stuart Haas with Clint Boyer. Yep. Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer says he wants to stay. I don't know that he'll get that chance. Um, I'm kind of honestly a little surprised that he was, he, he was here this year. I thought he was going to retire last year. Right. Um, he's, not, he's not bad, but he's
0: not at the level of his teammates.
1: Right, so he's got he's got some good consistency, but he's not giving results where I think we could see someone else in that car. So, yeah, personally, I think there's three options. What are they? Could be Chase Briscoe. Chase Briscoe is dominating the Xfinity Series. I think he's yeah. proved that he um, he can be a contender in the Cup. Um, and he's, he's part
0: of that part of that team.
1: Yep, he is part of that team. So uh, that would make the most logical sense. Mm-hmm. Number two, Kyle Larson. So we have talked about this before. Kyle Larson's out there racing dirt because he (laughs) got kicked out of NASCAR. Um, But I think that that would be more the almost obvious spot for him to go. Um, For him, I think that he wants to come back, that he would definitely get paid more. Um, But at the the end of the day, I don't think he wants to go to to a worse team than where he was at. Chip Ganassi is a pretty good team. And number three... And we're going to talk about more, but I think if if we don't see Brad Keselowski move, which I don't think we'll see him move from Penske, even though he's in a contract here, I think he'll stay there. Right. It could be Austin Sendrick. He's at Pinsky okay. in the Xfinity series. I could see that potentially still forward. I could see him going to that spot. Obviously, that's yep. a stretch because Chase Briscoe would be the obvious one for that open spot, but you never know.
0: Yeah, and and I think... I think Briscoe is going to be a hot topic as we get towards the end of the year. I think there's going to be, you know, I think Ford Performance is going to want to hang on to that kid. So I think they're going to be vying with wherever there is an open spot with Ford. I read an article a few days ago that the inconsistency with Matty D, that they would even move him and feed him into the Wood Brothers and feed him on up. And, and I think that's a stretch as well, but I I was reading about that. And apparently there are some unhappy people with, um, you know, where Matty D is finished towards the top and then, you know, wrecked out of a few races. I, I hadn't heard it until I read this article, but that's, that's the, that's the sillier thing that I've heard out of all of that.
1: That's pretty silly. I hadn't heard that. That's a stretch. Matty D is an incredible driver. He took really bad equipment, and he showed progression out of it. I don't think that they that would be a dumb decision. I oh, think- I,
0: I agree. And I, I thought it was a dumb decision for the, the team that let him go last year to, to give up his position. But, uh, you know, it's silly season and people are going to come up with whatever they want to talk about. Yeah. And speaking Where
1: of you- the team that he was at last year, Levine Family Racing, they yeah. took Christopher Bell this year um, in the number 95. Yep. Yep. Um, which is a i forget what it is like a some sort of partnership with uh joe gibbs racing So Mm -hmm. i think they like share their secrets only half of them and (laughs) yeah definitely only Uh, half of them oh yeah Uh, but they've talked about shutting down so that team wouldn't exist any longer Uh, which is so weird because that was the same deal with um furniture row racing yeah they're also the same partnership so it's like, what is Joe Gibbs doing to these? How much, how much are they having to pay them? Yeah, it's um, like they what,
0: keep the people on the hook, and then uh, you just see them dissipate into nothing.
1: But I think if that was actually the case, and it still may be the case even if they don't do this, but even though Eric Jones has shown some promise and quietly got into the top 10 after not dominating any race, I don't see him in that spot. So no, regardless, neither. I do think that it would make the most sense for Chris Christopher Bell to go there to the twenty. He has shown that he had, he can put put something together on his first year. So I could totally see that happening.
0: Yeah, I don't think I, I think that they were trying to groom Eric Jones, and it didn't turn out like they wanted. There, there's a lot of people out there that seem to have this weird positivity that there's going to be a big team that goes after eric jones if he doesn't get his contract renewed uh i just haven't seen what i wanted but then again you know you you look at these stats and he gets these random top tens and if we We, keep talking bad about him, or if you keep talking bad about him he's gonna stop (laughs) winning races
1: well you see these drivers they dominate the xfinity series and they win championships and you just the the logical thing to do is look chase briscoe Mm -hmm. or or look at Austin Dillon, or look at Eric Jones, or look at Chase Elliott, and you look at them and you say, oh, they're going to be a big star. They're going to be the next Jeff Gordon. They're going to be the next J- Jimmy Johnson. They're going to be the next Kevin Harvick. Um, and they get to the cup, and that doesn't happen. They don't take off. Right. It's, it's. I don't know what it is that's so different about it. I mean, there is more. I mean, it's different, but if you think that they weren't used to the Xfinity ride, and they they got used to yeah. it. so So what – what is it about the cup car that doesn't click where they can't take off, especially when they're driving? Joe Gibbs racing equipment. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't, I think another thing is silly that they're, that I'm seeing articles talking about the 48 that has Eric Jones's name on it. Yeah. I don't think so. Not a good chance. Lord.
0: Yeah, no way. I don't think, you know, I, I've heard some, some crazy stuff and, and obviously there's going to be, it's one of the biggest cars, one of the biggest numbers in the sport. And I saw that and I, all I could do was laugh and hope to God, no, because I just don't think he he's a guy that's had equipment. You know, we got to see him get his first win in Daytona and, i just don 't see that that painting out well i don 't see Hendrick being able to groom somebody, especially with some of the the rumors of possibly shrinking down to three cars and mm-hmm. you know either doing away with the twenty four but I think the the more logical piece is to do away with the eighty eight they 've had chevy uh, chevy goods and chevy parts sponsoring the car the whole time which is pretty much just a manufacturer sponsorship that's not bringing in money um and then they've had uh cincinnati c1 sponsor a couple of races but you know if you're not like we've said before if you're not bringing in sponsorship you're you're not going to run the car long i would be fine if they move bowman into the 48 where he's allies uh, contracted to sponsor that car for every single race for uh, a few more years so I would really like to see him see him move there um, you know I don't see them moving William Byron into the 48 I think they're they're going to keep that 24 Exalta is a, a pretty good sponsor for them and I think they'll and uh liberty i think they're going to keep him there but there's definitely a ton of talk going on there who have you heard who else have you heard that's going to go into the
1: 48 yeah so so i've seen the rumors as well as as, is shrinking the team to three which from a business standpoint i i get it you know sponsorship drives revenue which drives the team drives success but at the end of the day, I, I want to see Hendrick have four cars. I yeah, want to see 100 somebody else go into that 48. I want to see the 24 and 88 remain. I do you mm-hmm. think Byron will remain? I think Bowen's doing a really great job. Elliot's obviously really doing a great job. So if, if that's not the case, I think that the most logical choice, I it would be Tyler Reddick. I think we would see Tyler Reddick. Um, just based on what I've seen so far, I think he's going to be a very big star in NASCAR Mm -hmm. and he's going to compete really well. So I think he would be the most, the best fit. Um, There's obviously still a chance Keselowski could go from Penske down to Hendrick, which I don't really foresee that happening. Some people are really convinced that is Keselowski's already said that he does. He's happy where he's at, but you know, right. Doesn't really mean a whole lot.
0: You never know when, when the money gets thrown on the table.
1: Yeah. But there's also Chastain, which I think which I and I think the real reason he didn't take the forty two when Larson left, um and they put Matt Kay in is because <laughs> <laughs> is because he was compete he's competing for a championship in Xfinity, so they don't want to mess with that. Right. Um it was halfway through the season, so it's not like and he there's a whole lot of hope that he could get into the playoffs, so why not just put somebody else in there um that has a history with the car has a history with success, see what they can check out and do. Um, and then give him that ride next year. So I think, I think Chastain will go into the 42. I think I Matt agree. will go back into retirement. Um, there's also a chance it could be another driver, Randy LaJoy or not Randy LaJoy, Uh, Corey LaJoy, his, his son, um, who's <laughs> racing for go fast racing has, he, I think he wrote Rick Hendrick a letter and said that he wanted to be considered for the ride. He, isn't a bad driver. I think he's a pretty decent driver given what he is is working with. I don't see him going to Hendrick. I do see him as a potential candidate for that 42 as well. If Chastain doesn't go there, say Chastain goes to 48, I think that he would be the most logical next choice for that car. Right. But there's also another choice, and that's Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace has gotten to the point now where he is getting a lot of sponsorship opportunities. He's in the news a lot uh, for good reason, and... Um, people want to sponsor him. People are talking about him and people want to put their name on the side of his car because that is what the whole point of sponsorship is for. So I I could see Bubba Wallace going to a different team um, other than Richard Petty Motorsports. So that that's my thought there. You have any different insights on those?
0: no I, I i actually you know had it written down in in my notes that Le, Le, the the letter was pretty interesting to me writing this you know heartfelt letter of why he wants to be a part of a team like that it's very interesting that he wrote it across manufacturers um you know he's racing in a ford right now so i don't i don't know what the rules are there i know that it's not exactly like encouraged that you sit there and talk super well about how, how the other packages are doing. But um, yeah.
1: I, there's a general understanding though, with go fast looking at Corey who is still really young and wants to progress his career. Right. I mean, he went out on a limb there and did what most drivers would never do yeah. is put himself out there and say, Hey, I don't want to just, you know, have my driving speak for itself. I want, I want you to know that I want to be considered for this. Um, yeah, I,
0: I admire that. And, you know, I, I think he's a good guy. I, you know, I disagree with some of the things that he said about Quinn health, but uh, (laughs) I, I think that Corey LaJoy is a good guy. I do think if he gets into better equipment, I'd be interested to see what he did. And that's, that's why Mm -hmm. I think you could see him in, in a place like the 42, you know, I, I would really like to see Bubba Wallace, like you said, get into a a team that has a little bit more money behind them because he has put that car in top ten position. He's consistently had them, you know, vying in, in that top fifteen. So I, I would really like to see where he gets to. And like you said. Um, he's a huge advocate for the sport and and bringing social justice to the sport and inclusion and bringing Mm -hmm. other people in. So I I don't exactly know where I see him fitting in when you've got the likes of, you know, a a Redick, when you've got guys down in the Xfinity series who are just, those top five guys, top six guys are just really, really good racers. Haley's a good racer. Um going to be trying to reach out to Gragson here in a, in a year or two. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I don't yeah. know if there will people be people that bide their time, but it's definitely going to be interesting as we get farther into the year.
1: Yeah. I think no, for Noah and for Harrison Burton, I think those two will definitely be in the cup. I think they're a little bit too young at this point mm-hmm. too agree. fresh they they need to hash it out and maybe beat, beat each other up a few more times <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in, in Xfinity before they move up but I do think that they'll end up getting there I think right now it, the obvious choices in Xfinity uh would uh, would be Chase Briscoe and Austin Syndrick. um those are the in in Chastain even Justin Haley's really putting together a great season so I could potentially see him be considered uh maybe for a mid-tier team but um, there's going to be some movement. We, I think this rookie class in general is probably one of the best we've seen in five years. I agree. And I, I think we're going to see some shuffling around of those guys. John Hunter Niemczek is really doing well, I think, um, given the equipment that he's in. We're seeing him pop up and him be in the top, uh, him him in the front um, during the races consistently. Um, and then you're going to see some other, other drivers shuffle. So uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., he moved from – Rosh finway he went down to jtd jtg doherty hard to say like matt kansas and <laughs> i wish i would say down i would say uh over um uh, pretty comparable over, equipment yeah. uh maybe a little little less competitive i think he's kind of on his his way out he, he he's one of those other drivers that dominated in and he's really never took off in cup um he does have his tracks But I I do think he's on his way out. Ryan Priest is getting a hard time right now because he's had three last place finishes. I do think that uh, it's not necessarily all his fault, so I don't think he should lose his ride for that. Um, And then there's just general speculation over Ryan Newman. Ryan Newman had one of the worst crashes I've ever seen in my life. made me so sick to my stomach that night I could not eat dinner. Like It was just sickening to see that. Yeah, you and and I
0: were texting back and forth quite a bit during that. That's... I'd hate to see him go, though.
1: Yeah, um, but I mean, stuff like that. When you have a head injury, it doesn't go away, Um, and it doesn't necessarily. If if it if it happens again, it only gets worse. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. It's not like it healed completely and you're fine. Repeated head injuries can really have a, a lasting effect on your quality of life. And I know that he cares about his family, even though he has a deep passion for racing and he is competitive. He's he's taken equipment that um isn't necessarily top 10 top 5 cars and and really became a contender so I'd hate to see him go but I would completely understand if he did um so we we should see there but um I there's definitely a lot of different spots. We just talked about one, two, three, four, five, six different potential openings, right. um, a lot of which are in some of the best equipment in NASCAR. So it should be interesting to see the shuffle.
0: Yeah, I'm excited about it. So, I mean, we, we've talked about the shuffle a little bit, but some of the names that we just brought up in Reddick, Eric Jones, Jimmy Johnson, Clint Boyer, William Byron, and Matty D, these are guys that are all right now uh, whether they, they're they in retirement or fighting for a ride, they're all vying for playoff position right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've got, you know, in my opinion, you've got Matty D, Byron, and Boyer who are iffy. They're all less than 50 points above the cut line. So they're, uh, the, the playoffs are shaping up kind of crazy right now and then you've got Reddick, jones and johnson and they're all less than 20 points below the cut line so there's about six drivers who do you right now uh, have locked in to the playoffs other than the drivers who who we already know of one you you get down to cole custer and mm-hmm. then uh they're all locked in and then from al on who do you think's locked into the playoffs and who do you think who are your maybes and and your no chances Sure. Yeah.
1: So you got 10 locked in, you got six spots available. Um, really probably about, I don't know, 10 contenders. Um, so Amarella, Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch, Clint Boyer, Matty D. Um, I think all of those will get into the playoffs. Okay. Um, then So that's five. So that leaves one open spot. I may be on Byron, Reddick, Jones, or Johnson. It could be any of those guys. I really right. think that they're all putting together equal performances. So, I wouldn't be surprised one way or another if if it was Jones over Johnson over Radic. I don't know. Um, Bubba Wallace is at the tail end. He's really far out, so I don't think that he's yeah. going to get in. Um, so th- those are my four maybes. But I do think um, as as the point standings now, I think Amarilla down to Matty D. I think those will all get be in the top okay. sixteen.
0: Yeah, uh, I'll disagree with you on Matty D. He is he's towing the line to me because he's a. Uh, I mean, he's, he's less than 50 points above the cut. So I, I think when I looked at it, he's either 35 or 45 points above the cut. So he's still got to do some good racing to hold off guys like Byron, who have shown uh, recently that they can run in the top 10 a little bit more. If Jimmy were to pull it together and rattle off, you know, he's run that car in the top five and then last weekend got pinched in a wreck. Later in the race and just ran on some bad luck. But if uh, a Tyler Reddick seems to crack off a win, if Jimmy Johnson can put his car in the right place, and um, if if Byron were to crack off a win or keep putting his car in the right place, I think Matty D might be looking at uh, some issues only being you know forty points above the cut line. But that being said, he's still running really well. So mm-hmm. I've got him. I've got him in my maybes. So I don't have him out, and, and I'm not super concerned about it, but I don't have him have him locked in just yet.
1: Yeah, the way I think about Matty D is that I've seen very consistent performances out of him for the most mm-hmm. part, minus when he has gotten into some, some wrecks, and that's really his downfall of what's happened this year. Before COVID, the first – I forgot how many races we had, maybe three or four. Um, he was up there in the top – Yeah with one of the highest averages average finishes in those first three or four races, he's showing consistency. I think um, he's just gotten into some wrecks that have really like tanked him a little bit down further at this point. Um, He's in, he's in equipment that isn't the best. It is good, but um, I do think he could win with him. I don't Mm -hmm. think he could win with somebody else. Um, I don't, I don't think that uh, you're going to see Paul Menard crank out a bunch of wins right um so i i think he he is going to use the equipment that he has and get the most out of it and he's consistent so i think that we'll see him get in and that's why i think that eric jones is another one that has shown consistency quietly um so i could see him getting in so that's kind of how i see
0: it i i think it's just that that those like six that are right around and, and we keep talking about them that are right around that cut line. It's going to be super, super tight. And obviously like, like we talked about with Jimmy Johnson earlier, it's going to be tight for him in this last full season of or last season of full-time racing to, to be able to make a playoff push. Well, that's so. why
1: it's so fun to talk about is because they are so close. So it's yeah. not like we're talking about is Bubba Wallace going to make it probably not. It's because Bubba Wallace is a hundred points below right. the cut line. It's, anybody's to to take or lose at this point mm-hmm. so it's fun to speculate yeah 100%. on who could who could potentially get those those final six spots so we shall see
0: yeah so when we go to new hampshire this weekend what are you looking at there do you think it's going to be fun racing and who are some of the guys that you have that uh, y- you consider Locks to get in maybe a top ten.
1: I think it's going to be a good race. Um, it's a shorter track. There's definitely some drivers that have shown some consistent performances at this track.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so as I look to put my fantasy team together um, on the NASCAR app and elsewhere, the ones that I'm definitely putting on my lineup are going to be Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin. They Kevin Harvick especially has shown a lot of consistency at this track. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's likely going to be in the top five. Um, Kyle Busch has also been good at this track, and I think he's at this point he's getting hungry. Truix has a lot of consistency here. Blaney, he's on fire, um, also does pretty well at this track, so I anticipate that him and also Brad Keselowski at Penske will be up towards the top ten. So those are the the drivers I feel very confident about. There's also a good chance that Joey, his home track, um, Eric Amarola, Chase Elliott, Matty D., will we'll do well more uncertainty around those especially how they've been uh, performing here lately mine's eric almarola um and then if you're really stretching if you've used all of your uses of all of those drivers <laughs> um there are there is hope um eric jones uh, does consistently do well here uh, ryan newman uh, does perform well here and then one that um is more Um, of a guest but anticipating how he has performed here in the Xfinity series I do think that we will see Christopher Bell up top so those are my drivers you got anybody that I'm not listening here
0: no I mean I I think you know your safe picks are going to be Harvick obviously he's won won the past two races that we've had there since since they moved it to only having one race in in New Hampshire a year he he's won both of them So uh, I'm obviously going to have him in my fantasy lineup. And then Truix has had a top 10 the past four races there. So I don't see him falling outside. And he's a really solid guy from all the analysis that we do when, you know, you do your spreadsheet and, and I do mine. And we're looking back at, you know, race results from the past four or five races Truix is a guy that if he's gotten a top 10 at a track it seems like he's always going to get a top 10 at a track so mm-hmm. I feel very confident in him and then like you said Ryan Blaney he has done well at the track and then he is like right on the cusp of of grabbing another win I think you know he's he said they they called him on radioactive that they've kind of found the upside down horseshoe where their luck just seems to run out right at the end of the race. So I I think they're knocking on the door to get another win there. Uh, What's the likelihood that you think that we're going to see a new winner?
1: I would, I mean, I would like to see it. Um, I love seeing new winners, uh, Mm -hmm. regardless if it's somebody who's won previously or somebody who's been around a while. I just like seeing that, uh, that, that, Uh, availability of the playoffs Mm -hmm. get shorter and shorter and shorter it does create a sense of desperation so you see those drivers on the bubble try harder so um it's getting down to the wire here it's late Mm -hmm. july we've got one month left uh, but there's still a lot of racing to go so at this point everyone's feeling a bit comfortable i feel like they have a lot of chances to go out there and get something put something together and lock themselves into the playoffs Uh, but at the same time Uh, Why not, you know, try now Uh, better, better now than at the very last moment. So um, I I do think that we will see a chance that there's a new driver. However, I do think this is going to be a track that we see uh, Kevin Harvick or Denny uh, Hamlin take the take the w ultimately
0: yeah Uh, and, and i feel like that too i feel like it could be one of those that where we have that tease the whole time of you know a couple of those guys the the cole custers the christopher bells the the tyler reddicks up in the top and we're like oh man they could get there and then uh you know we're texting each other like damn it denny hamlin again or kevin harvick again so uh, you know, we'll see if if somebody else can put a race together, but uh, I, I'm really excited about the rest of the schedule coming up. I, I think these double headers that are coming up uh, where we've got back-to-back nights of, of cup racing are going to be really, really interesting because, it, you know, we saw in Pocono, it's kind of like practice for these guys. So, you know, I'm excited for the rest of the schedule and I think it's going to bring uh, something interesting to it
1: you uh you like you said we have two double headers one in michigan one at dover um, as you were mentioning earlier uh jimmy johnson has won how many times at dover 11
0: um hold on hold on yeah el- 11 wins at dover so, so jimmy johnson the has won. golden nugget
1: yeah jimmy johnson has won 11 and he has two tries so um that, that's a good opportunity <laughs> for for jimmy johnson yeah to get dialed in there We get to see the Daytona road course that we've never seen NASCAR uh, race on. So um, that's going to be interesting. No qualifying, no practice. It's going to be like the Roval where the first time they race that and they went into the first turn, it's just like, what is going to happen? Because you've seen them all qualify. You've seen them all practice, spaced out, but you never saw all four of them go into the first turn. Or something they really don't know how to navigate too well. So uh, then you end the race with or you end the, end the season with Daytona, I think we should see a lot of interesting things happen
0: yeah. right now and then. Well, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to Going In Tight, Coming Out Loose. That is all we have for you today. If you have missed any of our episodes, you can find them on any major podcasting platform, Apple, Google, or Spotify. If you want to follow us on Instagram or Twitter, you can find us at Going In Tight. Underscore pod. And you can also find some articles and some of our brief updates on our website, going in tight We look forward to talking to you all next week.